It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The wild and crazy history between the Vikings and Cardinals you need to know, and the Wolves bounce back in a big way versus the Spurs. We're breaking it all down, and it's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and on CARE 11. Thursday, Reg, how we feeling? What's happening? Wolves back in the win column. Vikings mm-hmm. this weekend. Good times. Good time. Wild tonight. Let's go. All the good vibes. All the yeah, good lots vibes. to get into. But first, remember, follow along Locked on Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked on M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast too. Free and available. All platforms. Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson show. You got the football party and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. Speaking of YouTube, every day, posting a new poll up at the Locked On Minnesota YouTube community page. Yesterday, posed the question, what would you have to get in return for Alexander Madison, who seems to be the hot name as the trade deadline approaches, to feel good, to sleep easy at night, knowing that he's one of the better backups in the league, but running backs just in today's day and age don't really net a lot of value in return. And you got to remember, James Robinson, a great example, 24 years old, solid. Just went for a six-rounder. Could turn into a fifth-rounder if he runs for over 240 yards with the Jets. So just in general, not much for these guys. That's the going price for these tailbacks nowadays. It just kind of is what it is. So knowing that in the four options, there was nothing more I threw up there than next year's fourth-rounder. That, of course, got the most votes, 63%, by a landslide, really. With a lot of the comments, by the way, saying, Reg, I wouldn't even even do it for next year's fourth at that point you might as well just keep him he's a great backup Dalvin we know he's injury prone and don't forget you get a compensatory pick back for Alexander Madison if and when you lose him in free agency so remember go check out the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube page every day posting a new poll over there hit the subscribe button so you never miss a beat and go comment on there let us know what you think all right To football we go. The four teams on ESPN they listed yesterday, the surprise teams in the league, the New York Jets, the Seattle Seahawks, the New York Giants, and the Minnesota Vikings. It says the Vikings have over a 90% chance of getting in the playoffs, over 80% chance of winning their division. The only two teams higher are the Buffalo Bills 
and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kevin Seifert mentions again, Madison, he seems to keep getting brought up here just because he's a solid backup running back, but trading for a cornerback like Michael Davis from the Chargers, he's already mentioned. William Jackson from the Commanders seems to get brought up quite a bit here too. Outside of Madison and running back, when you hear Vikes in this trade deadline approaching, is there anything prominent that comes to mind? You know, what's interesting is um, the Eagles made that trade for Robert Quinn Mm -hmm. yesterday that was something that was something because you think pass rusher and you don't necessarily think that that was like the biggest need for them you know with the guys that they have with Jordan Davis and you know Fletcher Cox is still there and then now they add uh, a 100 plus sack artist and Robert that's Quinn, your boy just like that's my guy man look yeah look 19 sacks one year in St. Louis, like the dude was unstoppable, had him on one side, had Chris Long on the other side. And Chris Long even commented on this trade yesterday. He was just like, let the former St. Louis Ram go and get a ring just like he did. You know, actually what was funny was Chris Long got back-to-back -back rings. He got one with the Patriots on a one-year deal. They beat the Rams. And then he got the 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 year right after that beating the patriots with the eagles and it's just like oh okay all right no i think the the patriots beat the falcons back then and then they beat mm -hmm. then they beat the they lost to the eagles the next year and so he got rings him and legarrett blunt got rings in back to back years so uh what did aaron donald say robert quinn is showing up to philly he's like ring me yeah. ring me so I think that's that's interesting. Um, it's funny because yesterday at the Vikings press conference, it was the first time that, you know, they talked to the media since the bye week. Kevin O'Connell mm -hmm. talked about Patrick Jones' performance and talked about how he has challenged him now to, okay, let's let's string some of these together. Like you you had two sacks against the Dolphins. Like, okay, come on, let's let's go ahead and, and string some of these good games together. He says he's challenging him to bring it again. And that is exciting when you think about it because they didn't have DJ Wanham in that game. And then Patrick Jones comes up with two sacks. And now you got Daniil Hunter, you got Zadarius Smith. And so you would think that they would be pretty set as far as pass rush goes. I think one thing that you continue to worry about, and Kevin Seifert even said in this article, Minnesota has been slightly above average on offense, disappointing on defense. Really, the pass rush has not been the disappointing factor. The linebacker play has not been the disappointing factor, even though Kendricks has not seemed to be as as a playmaking of a ball hawk as we're used to him being. But you think that, you know, he'll turn it around because he's a good linebacker. Defensive back is the, the one thing that's just like, eh, I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, Patrick Peterson played well in that last game, but – Tyreek Hill still had 176 yards. It was just like, oh, okay. And I think week to week, that's something that you see, like opposing offenses get theirs. And with Nook and the Cardinals offense coming this Sunday, like you're like, oh, my goodness. Let's see how this goes. Patrick Peterson playing against his former team. You know, mm -hmm. Shannon Sullivan in the slot. And you're like, eh. I don't know, you know, Cam Dantzler has played well at times, you know. Um, recovery is one of the things that he's been good at this season. Even, like, if he gets beat on a play, he's coming back, you know, making a play like he did against the Bears or, you know, making the tackle or, you know, 
catching up on a play that maybe he got beat on initially. But I think that's something that that if the Vikings were to make a deal at some point, you would think that they would make a deal in the defensive backfield just to bolster that unit. Yesterday we talked about Greedy Williams. That would be a great move, in my opinion, for the Vikings. And so I think if there's someone, you know, on these these teams that are looking to be sellers, they have to be buyers. You know, Kwesi has shown that he's not afraid to make a deal that that makes him feel good. Like we said, like, Madison, any moves on offense, I really don't think need to be made. I think they just need to gel a little bit more and and get things going. I think they have the skill positions to succeed and and go far. But on the defensive back end, that's something that makes you worry a little bit, especially when you look at the chunk plays that that defense continues to give up on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, a lot of good points there. And not only for this year, I'm, I'm thinking about next year too, 2023. Is Pat P still around? Chris Boyd probably gone. Shandon Sullivan's on a one-year deal. You just need more bodies, whether it's Greedy Williams, William Jackson, Michael Davis from the Chargers. There's been a lot of names thrown out. But just to get some bodies in there, especially if they're going for a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, would be awfully nice. I mentioned those four teams ESPN kind of highlighted, just the surprise teams of the league right now. And they broke down the remaining strength of schedule. Vikes, eight. 18th most difficult, all in all, kind of a soft schedule the rest of the way. Jets, 15th, middle of the pack. Seahawks, they got the hardest, 7th ranked schedule the rest of the way. But check out the Giants. They're already 6-1, and one, and now they have the 31st easiest schedule the rest of the way. They got Washington twice. They got Houston. They got Detroit. So everybody's kind of waiting for them to kind of plateau here and the Eagles to run away with that division. But that uh, NFC East, that thing could come down to the wire and be decided between those two head-to-head matchups here coming up pretty soon. All right, moving on. Vikes, Cardinals, you kind of already touched on it. Nuke Hopkins is a big focal point during this game. The pass rush, the secondary. I was doing some digging yesterday. For being non-division teams, these two squads have faced each other a lot over the past 10 years. More times than not, when they square up, if nothing else, win or lose, it's just highly entertaining. little trip down memory lane here. First of all, Vikings have won the last 10 matchups at home versus the Cardinals. That's wild. Last year, we all know the wild and crazy shootout ending with Greg Joseph missed kick. 2016, too, pretty crazy game. He had Xavier Rhodes and Cordero Patterson scoring 100-plus yard touchdowns, one on a pick six and one on a kickoff return. Even 2011, Adrian Peterson scored three touchdowns in the first quarter. Donovan McNabb Mm. ran one in. The Vikings were up 28 rip after one quarter. Point is here, Reg, every time these two teams meet up, it seems like it's highly entertaining. So when you look at this Sunday, you mentioned New Hopkins, you mentioned the pass rush. What are the games within the game that you're kind of looking for that could be a deciding factor in this outcome? So some of the the things that I'm looking at, really, um, this cornerback group, mm-hmm. you saw them on Thursday. Marco Wilson had the, the interception. <laughs> Remember uh, the, the gif? with Andy Dalton walking away after he <laughs> threw the interception. And Marco's just like, Wee! In the background, out of focus. Yeah, in the background. Doing into a the, somersault. Into the end zone on the pick six. Like, that was hilarious. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see that at all on Sunday, okay? So let, let's not do that. But, you know, Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson uh, against this um, wide receiver unit, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, this will be a good matchup for the Vikings to – come out i know the bengals on sunday they were upset because they came seven yards short of three 100 yard receivers they had boyd he went off tyler boyd went off 
Jamar Chase went off. T. Higgins was seven yards short of 100 yards, and they would have had three guys at 100 yards in that game against the Falcons. How about doing that? Man. How about doing that? J.J., Thielen, and K.J. Osborne, all three at 100 yards. Like, that would be great. Like, we haven't seen, like, that absolute breakout game yet mm -hmm. from this offense where you just got – because even on Sunday with the Bengals, like, even Joe Mixon scored. And so it was just like – and Joe Burrow had a, a score on a QB sneak. Like, they were cooking. They were they were all together. And so it, it's just so interesting. I always compare things to the Bengals because, like, that was where I just came from before I got to Minnesota. And I feel like those offenses are – are kind of similar with the with the type of uh, skill position talent that no, they you're have. right. They are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so I would love to see Kirk throw for three to four hundred yards, like three to four touchdowns on Sunday, and these receivers just go off, and him just hitting eight, nine different receivers on his way to a, a, a just an outstanding game that maybe leads to him being the Nick MVP and getting slimed. You know, Kevin O'Connell said, look, I'll be the guy to take the slime. And since he said that, nobody has, has gotten slime since. Yeah, so that would be great. Also, it's going to be interesting, uh, these pass rushers, Marcus Golden, M-I-Z, my guy from Mizzou, mm -hmm. on that pass rush. J.J. Watt on the other side. And now we're talking about, you know, Christian Derrissaw. And Brian O'Neill, the two bookend tackles, them having their hands full on Sunday. Marcus Golden has really kind of gone to Arizona and made a name for himself. J.J. Watt hasn't necessarily been the J.J. Watt that we remember, but he is still a dangerous dude. You know, anytime you go and get your heart shocked back into rhythm and then you're playing a couple days later, like J.J. Watt is some kind of dude. You know, he just welcomed a new uh, baby into the world as well. So, you know, dads play differently, you know, like they go out there and, and they got some other things that they're playing for. He's got to make that paycheck because those babies are expensive, you know, not that he doesn't have it already to pay for the baby. Anyway, that's here nor there. But I think the, the pass rush against these bookend tackles is going to be in a, a matchup to watch as well. And then look, Arizona has some weapons. Okay. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. AJ Green is not the guy that he was before, but when we talk about how these cornerbacks and how this defense is giving up chunk plays, and you got Kyler Murray running around extending plays, and he's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Zach Ertz at tight end. He's got Rondell Moore. They just got Robbie Anderson. Greg Dorsch has, has played well as well. Like, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. And then they they kind of have like this complement of backs, you know, with James Conner didn't play last week, but they had Keontae Ingram and Eno Benjamin uh, running all over the place last Thursday. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how this matchup goes. This could end up being like a shootout just like last year. You got a soft spot in your heart for A.J. Green, don't you? Cincy boy over here. He was a stud, I, man, I, I back in the day. When him and Julio came out, 
when him and Julio came out, man, that was that was special. Those two in yeah. their prime, their peak, oh, were man. unbelievable. You mentioned the uh, secondary. Hopkins, 48% of the targets, nearly 50% of Kyler's passes, 14 targets, went to Hopkins. This offense completely different when Nuke is in the game. Pat P, last game before the bye at Miami. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek's going to Tyreek. It is what it is. But he was sure. pretty clamps down on Jalen Watt. Man, he was uh, good. He had... He was really solid. 42 passer rating against. He's got one interception on the year. He's allowed, more importantly, zero touchdowns, and he's got seven passes deflected. I'm hoping Ed Donatel shadow Nuke Hopkins with Patrick Peterson all game. Mm. Uh, we'll see about that. That's That'll be an tough, interesting man. chess match. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very former interesting team to see. Too. I know it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Vikes Cardinals at the bank Sunday noon kickoff. Reggie and I will both be there and we'll be back Monday to break it all down. Coming up next, we're talking Wolves and how Anthony Edwards bounced back and carried the team to victory. But first, Vikes now 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl after that 5 and 1 start. Justin Jefferson 25 to 1 to win the MVP. Vikes open the week as three and a half point favorites versus the Cardinals coming out of the bye. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with Bet Online. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, MLB, NBA, even MMA and UFC. Bet Online makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find Find your podcast, drop us a five-star review, or find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. You can now find us streaming, by the way, on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app and enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right. To basketball we go. We ripped on those Wolves, man, all week after that brutal loss uh -huh. to the Spurs. No leadership, no accountability. And then you got Cat talking to the media, throwing Ant under the bus like, come on, man, what are we doing? And then they come out last night, put on a show, man, up 17 Sheesh. at one point. Still got issues with these third quarters. Spurs get within oh five. We'll gosh. talk about that a little bit later. But then they put him away in the fourth. Wolves lights out from the floor. Their best shooting game by far this season, doubling their previous high in three-pointers from nine to 20 last night. Ant with seven of those threes. Jaden McDaniels, oh my goodness, four of five from downtown, 20 points, three blocks. Ant with 34, Cat with 21 points, but maybe the unsung hero of the night. Jalen Noel, 23 points off the bench, 9 of 13 from the field. Help me break it all down, Reg. Your biggest just kind of notes and observations from last night's win. Jalen Noel is a bucket. You know, like that dude just gets it done, man. Like Is a bucket. I love look, it. Look, there's people that are clamoring over this guy. People are saying mm -hmm. like, hey, whatever you got to do, extend that man right now. And look, Chris Finch, he knew what he had in Jalen Noel. He challenged him at the end of the season. He was like, look, I'm looking for this dude to take a step forward. And Jalen Noel, man, 
like when he is on, he is on. Like yesterday, when he was knocking those threes down, came through the lane in the fourth quarter. Did you see that dunk that he put on that big man's head? Like cocked Saucy. it to the side and just, oh, like that was ridiculous. You know, that dunk actually started three straight possessions with dunks. It was that dunk, and then it came back down, and you had another dunk by uh, Jaden McDaniels. And then on the next one, you had a oop to Rudy G for another dunk. Like, they were doing everything that they wanted to on offense. Like, everything was clicking. Looking at this box score, they had one, two, three, four, five, six. Six guys in double figures. All five starters were in double figures. They scored 10-plus points. All five starters. Rudy Rudy had 10 points, modest 10 points and, and nine rebounds. Like, really, really modest. But everybody else picked up the slack. Cat had 21 and four rebounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned Jaden McDaniels. He, You know what? He is a guy that fills up the stat sheet. Look at this. 20 points, right? But then goes on to have three boards, an assist, two steals, and three blocks. You want to talk about an efficient player? Jaden McDaniels is a guy that we expected to take a step because you're like, okay, they traded for Rudy. They got Cat. And, you know, and is supposed to take another step. But they needed Jaden McDaniels to kind of be that, that stabilizing presence in that starting unit. And so far, he's doing that. Also, what I like to see from the Wolves yesterday was their effort. They were hustling yes. out there, diving yes. for loose balls, grabbing rebounds. Like, that was the type of effort. It's like, look, keep that same energy, guys, because when when these games start to matter a little bit more, when you're not playing the Spurs and you're playing, like, the Suns on Tuesday, or I, I think they got the Lakers this weekend. We won't talk about this the Lakers, but when they start playing these teams that actually are expected to be contenders, they're going to look back at games like these. These are the games that are going to matter. Anthony Edwards, 34 points. Cat talked about his diet after the last game. I don't know that he intended to have this type of effect on Anthony Edwards. Like, I'm sure he meant it to, to like, get under Anthony Edwards' skin and to to make him really kind of, you know, boss up a little bit. But I don't think he knew what type of sleeping giant he woke up. Ant comes out. He's like, oh, okay, you think I'm fat? 34 points on your head. How about that? And then after the game, I don't know if you saw, but after the game, Alan Horton tweeted out, he shot – 100 threes with Torian Prince after the game was over. And, oh, yeah, after that was done, he ran the bleachers. Unbelievable. You think you woke up a sleeping giant? I think you might have waken up, uh, awakened a sleeping giant right there. Like, yeah. okay, game on, okay? Like, Anthony Edwards is trying to show that he's clearly going to be the alpha 1A. If Cat's going to be number one, and it's like, mm-hmm. look, I'm going to be 1A. Cat's going to be 1B. This is going to be my team. And he came out. I mean, Cat scored a a nice, you know, 21 points, you know, plus five when he was on the floor. Ant scored 34, plus 16 when he was on the floor. And, by the way, three rebounds, nine assists, and two steals to go along with that 34. Like, 
he was out there balling seven of 12 from three point range as well. Like he's coming, he's coming. A lot of fans waiting for Ant to take that next step. Obviously, you love to see both on the court and then what you mentioned, what he's doing off the court after a performance like that. You love to see it. Jaden McDaniels, you said he was efficient. You didn't even say his best stat. Eight of nine from the floor doesn't get man. much more efficient than that. And my two That's biggest great, takeaways, man. one, what you already mentioned, the effort. Love to see them bounce back just emotionally from an ugly loss like that versus the Spurs, especially with some younger guys. You can see those carry over the two, three, four losses in a row. Not the Wolves, not last night, though. Huge rebound game for them. And then Jalen Noel, what's the story with him, man? Is he a free agent next year? If so, yes. can we just re-sign him right now? Because he's legit. That was mighty impressive what he did. Remember, after the Wolves traded away all that debt for Rudy, didn't really know mm -hmm. who's going to step up, be the impact role players or depth guys off the bench. Can you see Jalen Noel being that kind of mini X factor off the bench moving forward that Chris Finch and the team can rely on for kind of a pick-me-up? Yes. And I mentioned earlier, Chris Finch saw this in him. This was a guy that can fill up a stat sheet if you allow him mm -hmm. to. If he's on, if he's mm -hmm. on his game, like he's a dude that can do what you need him to do. And so I think He's he's going to be a, an X factor for them, like that spark plug off the bench. You know, when you look at the, the Utah Jazz in the past, Rudy Gobert has played with a guy similar to Jalen Noel before. You know what his name is? Jordan Clarkson, a dude that mm -hmm. is a spark plug off the bench that you can just bring up and, all right, go out there, get us some buckets, make some things happen, hustle out there, and, and you know, bring us some energy to keep us moving. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be relied on that. Austin Rivers didn't even play last night. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about a guy like, you look at Jalen Noel, he had 22 minutes off the bench. That's the most of any bench player. So obviously Chris Finch has a lot of trust in him. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be relied upon to do what he what he did last night, which is come in, get buckets, and contribute to the team. Plus 12 when he was out yeah. there on the floor. And he also grabbed four boards and had two assists to go along with the 23 points. And so that's something. One thing I will say, one thing I will say about the Wolves, though, last night was, was awesome from an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. The defense still worries me a little bit. The Spurs, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys. They had seven guys in double figures. Seven. Okay. They scored 134, the Wolves did, but they allowed 122. It seemed mm -hmm. like yesterday was rough because whenever it looked like the Wolves were like establishing their dominance, like I mentioned the, the three uh, straight possessions with dunks. San Antonio was answering each one of those. It seemed like every time the Wolves hit a big shot, they come back down the court and Kelton Johnson would hit a big shot. He scored a, a team-high 27 for the Spurs yesterday. And it was just like, okay, are the Spurs this good? Like, right. can they shoot it? Like, they're, like, shooting the lights out. Like, 43, what was it, 45% from the field yesterday. And it was just like, are they this good? Like, are, or are the Wolves just not defending well enough? And as much as we talked about the hustle, as much as we talked about, you know, the rebounding and 
and all of that with this Wolves team, which they needed because the Spurs still kept it a little too close to comfort for me. Yeah, third quarter, 41 points. That third quarter specifically, something goofy's going on there. We're going to have to break that down a little bit more as we move forward. Friday night, Wolves-Lakers should be a fun one, if nothing else, in the backyard at Target Center. Lakers 0-4. Can't blame it on Russ. Last night, Russ didn't even play. LeBron, <laughs> first time he's been 0-4 since his rookie year. Tip-off, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back Monday to break it all down. Coming up, getting into our Gimme One segment. But first, Hungry. Time for a little midday snack. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Built Bar made with collagen protein so it's easily digestible and provides tons of health benefits. Each bar has just 160 calories and 15 grams of protein, packing the perfect punch of nutrition and taste. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN15. All right, time is come favorite segment got time for one here called give me one give me one give all right one. first one up here we go give me one guy you expect to have a bigger impact on the defense moving forward out of the bye we've talked a lot about both these guys andrew booth jr or brian asamoah we've actually seen more brian asamoah at this point but andrew yeah. booth jr seems like he probably has the higher ceiling what do you think yeah i think they'll find a way to work in asamoah a little bit more into the defense, but look, Jordan Hicks, we've talked about it. Dude has this thing on lock. One of the most productive mm -hmm. linebackers that we've seen. And Eric Kendricks, unless there's like an injury, he ain't losing his playing time either. Like these mm -hmm. two dudes are just defensive standouts for the Vikings. But what I will say is Andrew Booth, with all that we've talked about, with how much they've given up, as far as like chunk plays and, and, you know, completion after completion. If Andrew Booth develops the way that they believe that he could and, and shows himself to be that, that first round talent that fell out of the first round to the second round and a steal for the Vikings, as we thought that he, he is, that's going to be trouble. And that's going to end up helping that defense a lot. Because then when you think about, how well Patrick Peterson is playing, if he can keep up his production, if Cam Dantzler continues to, to shine, and then you add Andrew Booth Jr. to the mix as well, you're talking about three solid cornerbacks, and now you're talking about a defense that can lock it up a little bit better. You know, maybe Ed Donatel takes a little bit more chances if Andrew Booth just mm -hmm. kind of continues to stay healthy and develop. And now Good maybe point. you put him on an island. Now maybe you don't play as much zone, and so you're not giving up as many, you know, easy pass plays. And, you know, you're not playing soft coverage because you're trying to keep everything in front of you, not trying to get beat deep uh, off, over the top. And so I think he's going to be a little bit more important. I think Asamoah is going to be a fine player, and I think he's going to be a, a really good linebacker for this team. But he's got some guys that are really, really good ahead of him that kind of stunt, you know, his his growth as as it mm -hmm. pertains to playing time. Andrew Booth Jr. is the guy that, like, if he stays healthy and he continues to develop, as his rookie season goes along, the world is his. Quite, quite literally, the world is his. 
completely agree. Brian Asamoah, been a stud on special teams. He got six snaps for Chicago. Now you're saying six snaps. Well, that's not a lot on defense, but they were all on third down. They were on critical junctures and points in the game. And then he had two versus Miami. Same thing on third down. So they're finding a little third down package for him. But you're right. There's no clear path when you got Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks on the field. It's crazy to think about the addition of one good, solid cornerback, what that could do for this secondary. If Andrew Boot Jr. does live up to those expectations we had coming out of the draft, a lot of experts had this guy as a top 15, top 20 guy. Really more so he fell to 42 because of injuries. Finally, now it seems like he's getting healthy out of the bye. Expect to see a lot more of him come this second half of the season. Going to be fun. All right, that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow with the roundtable on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at ReggieWilsonTV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to the roundtable with myself, Reggie, Sam, and Ron, all part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing off. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 